This is Cup of Stars, a podcast about finding your inner child, learning to be your own mother, and self-healing. I'm not going to start today with a random fact, although I do have a random fact for you that I'll tell you in just a minute. I just wanted to do a mental health check-in really quickly first. Um, I just have been feeling pretty down lately, and... Um, Corey noticed last night and we had a talk and went for a drive and it's so amazing to have that person in my life that can recognize when I'm going through something or feeling down and check in with me and say, hey, are you really okay? What can I do for you? Tell me your thoughts and feelings, what's going on? And it's, I have been more depressed than usual lately so I'm gonna make myself today call my doctor and get an appointment maybe see if I need to up my Zoloft prescription or maybe I need to try a different medication I don't feel like the bisperone that I'm taking is really having any kind of effect on my anxiety so maybe I need to kick it to the curb because just it's an extra thing to have to remember twice a day and if it's not making any difference I'd rather not have it in my body um but this morning so last night I kind of told myself that I'm gonna start making myself get up and around earlier and actually do things and that was part of what I told Corey yesterday was that I feel some guilt over the fact that he works so hard and he goes to work every day let alone going through grad school and thank God he only has one semester left after this one, but he does so much and I feel like my days are spent just doing whatever, you know, binge watching TV, reading, coloring, and I have even lately been slacking off on just keeping up with the house. And so this morning I woke up before eight o'clock and I washed my face and I brushed my teeth, which are things I do every day, but it might be, you know, noon or one o'clock till I get around to it, honestly. And I washed all the dishes because Corey and I went for that drive last night. I didn't do the dishes before we went to bed. I started a load of laundry and I swept all the floors. And even those things, getting up before 8 a.m. and doing those things felt like a little bit of a victory. So I'm, that's going to be one of my goals is don't sleep until, you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock anymore. Get up, do the things I know I need to do every day and keep rolling. So that's kind of my check-in for today. I was considering trying to force myself to go for a walk today, but it's really cold and rainy and I feel like being out in the cold and rain will just make me feel worse. So I'm, I'm taking a break from reading the book I was reading because it was really kind of dragging me down and stressing me out. And so I checked an ebook out from the library by um, some of my favorite authors and decided that I'm going to read that one because I know it'll make me happy. And then depending on how I'm feeling, my mental state, I'll go back to it. 
I've been reading The Shining and I'm only down to, I'm down to the climax where it's only 150 pages left and I'm so close and I'm okay with abandoning books a few chapters in, but when I've worked, when I've gone through this much <laughs> and spent this much time reading, I want to just push through and finish it. So I'm, I'm going to stay aware of my mental health and how I'm feeling while I'm doing it, but I am going to take a break with a book that will make me happy. And that's going to take me to today's random fact. The most expensive book ever purchased was sold for $30.8 million. It was Codex Leicester, I don't know, Codex Leicester by Leonardo da Vinci, and it was purchased by Bill Gates. Today, again, I didn't have anything planned. This is becoming a theme, but it's okay. But I thought I would read um, something that I wrote to you guys because honestly, it's, it's kind of nice for me to read things out loud that I've written because it's, um, it's nice to reflect back on those things, but it also kind of spurs things that I do want to mention. So I think it's kind of a good jumping off point when I don't have anything specific I want to talk about. And, um, yeah, so I wrote this April 10th of this year and here we go. I'm reading through a book that is a woman's memoir told through the books that have shaped her life. Her most prized material possession is Bob or her book of books. In it, she's kept a record of every book she's read for nearly 30 years. Last night while reading it, I felt a sting of regret for not doing the same. There have been years in my life when I've barely picked up a book. Motherhood when you have three children, young, all close in age together is a bitch. As they've grown and become more independent, my red stack of books grows taller too. If you were to look at it, you'd see phases in my life, levels of maturity, shifts in my interest. Childhood starts with the Anne of Green Gables series. These books are why I, along so many others, still long for carrot red hair. There in high school, the high school section are strictly Christian fiction, most of them knockouts of other more well-known authors. The college spines are a bit lacking, but most of them come from the cabinet at the answering service where I could read on my downtime between answering calls for doctors and real estate agents. Their books borrowed from women older than me, romance, mystery, even horror. This is a time in my life when I discovered my love for Dean Kuntz and Nicholas Sparks. I have a twilight stack that holds a special place in my heart. Do I want my daughter to read those books on the off chance that she'll adopt a perception of relationships that allows for abuse and being stalked by a vampire? No. Do I unapologetically love those books with my whole heart? Absolutely. Young adult fiction, especially contemporary young adult fiction, stole my heart for several years. Rainbow Rowell and Stephanie Perkins were my religion. I have a narrow bit that's dedicated to true crime. Some were read out of what felt like obligation because they were considered the gold standard, while one in particular left me mourning the brilliant author who was taken from us too early. Michelle McNamara, you will be my personal gold standard always and forever. The invisible stack of books that will never be written. We'll go ahead and throw another Moonlight Bay book in there. I think Christopher Snow was probably my first literary crush, and I've been promised a third book, but Dean Koontz is a liar. My more recent reads have seen nonfiction creep in, which is surprising for someone who's been bored by nonfiction for her entire life. Roxane Gay's memoir on her struggle with weight and body acceptance changed my life and the way I look in the mirror. 
Yeonmi Park's telling of how she escaped North Korea at a young age broke my heart. Shirley Jackson and Gillian Flynn currently take up all the space in my book heart. It'll be a surprise to no one that stories of problematic mothers is a theme I often gravitate towards, and these two brilliant women feed that need like no other. Also, have you read the opening paragraph of We Have Always Lived in the Castle? Here, let me do the honors. And this is the opening paragraph that I'm going to read to you now. My name is Mary Catherine Blackwood. I am 18 years old, and I live with my sister Constance. I have often thought that with any luck at all, I would have been born a werewolf, because the two middle fingers on both my hands are the same length. But I have had to be content with what I had. I dislike washing myself and dogs and noise. I like my sister Constance and Richard Plantagenet and Amanita Phalloids, the death cut mushroom. Everyone else in my family is dead. End of paragraph. <laughs> when I die, don't bury me. But if you do, against my wishes, please have this engraved on my tombstone. There's no need for my name. No need to put loving mother and wife. This is all I want. Also project reruns of The Office in my direction because I can't sleep without it. I have what I would have probably in the past called my shameful reads, but I'm happy to report that I don't even have a glimmer of shame when I add them to my favorite shelf on Goodreads. Christina Lauren novels are my favorites in this stack. Have you ever imagined what it'd be like to fall in love and have a salacious and have salacious, passionate sex with an Australian who owns a comic book store? Imagine no more, because they've done the work for you and done it really fucking well. Printing all of the fan fiction that I've read over the years would make a pile nearly as tall as the entirety of the Harry, Harry Potter series. This also holds no shame. There are books I've abandoned, series of books where I read the first novel, then gave up on the rest. I read the first three Outlander books, but decided I hated Brie and didn't, want, didn't read anymore out of protest of how she treated Lorne John Gray. I've never felt the pressure to read those well-known intellectual authors that everyone has read or claims they've read. I've never read Vonnegut, Bukowski. I've never had a love affair with Jane Austen or Mr. Darcy, although I do fancy Colin Firth. I imagine that someday one of these will fall into my hands when the time is right. I, a lot unlike a lot of other bibliophiles, don't agree with the statement that the book was better. If we're being honest, the whole thing feels pretentious and like something that people who only drink IPAs or, lo or locally roasted coffee would say. The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu is better than the book. Please don't throw tomatoes at me, I hate them. For a long time, my husband's favorite novel was Paper Towns. My, my dislike for Margot dampened my feelings towards the story. In the movie adaptation though, Cara Delevingne, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, I'm sorry if it's not, managed to take this girl I couldn't stand and turn her into someone who was really delightful. The power of good acting and excellent eyebrows. Quit saying books are always better. They're not. Could you imagine what life would even feel like if we'd never gotten Gregory Peck as Atticus because people thought books should never be adapted to our screens? What if we'd never seen Jodie Foster as Clarice Starling? The, stop makes my pit, the thought makes my pit sweat out of fear. There are obvious loves, like To Kill a Mockingbird. I mean, when I legally changed my name to my chosen one, I was full enough of myself to use Scout as my middle name. Other stacks exist, like graphic novels and endless books on photographers, artists, cookbooks, horror movies, and travel. A lovely little book of human anatomy sits on our coffee table, complete with graphic drawings inside that make even my stomach turn a bit. Remember the big controversy on Twitter just a few months ago when everyone was bashing Marie Kondo, 
a woman who I'm pretty sure might be tiny, a tiny organized angel, for telling people to scale, scale down their books. That was a shit show, am I right? Endless shelves of books don't automatically give you a stunning personality. When someone says that listening to audiobooks isn't reading, my eyes roll. I can't help it. Side note, the audiobook for Pet Cemetery, read by Michael C. Hall, is the best thing that's ever passed through my ears, and I listened to Harry Styles' self-titled album for a total of 88 years. 88 years. <laughs> for a total of 88 hours in the year of our Lord 2018. I suppose the point of all this drivel is to say that even though I haven't kept a written log of every book read, I can still remember how most of them impacted me. There are even smells that I associate some books with, and definitely food being as I'm a food-motivated person. Perhaps I'll start one, though, mostly because the way that notebooks get thicker as you write in them is one of the greatest joys in life. This, too, is me begging some of us heavy readers to stop being idiot snobs. Don't fall victim to book shaming, because you know what? I was pregnant and depressed when I read The Twilight Saga, and all the sparkling and Bella's mumbling were definitely high points for me. I read the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy, and you know what? They sucked because sometimes snobbish book opinions are correct. The key here is not to believe all of them. Read them and find out for yourself. In conclusion, repeat after me. Reading is good. Audiobooks count as reading. Never judge a book by its cover, but don't underestimate the power of a really good cover. The hot books of the moment aren't always that great. Young adult literature doesn't have any kind of age requirement, young or old try reading something different. If you, hate that some, if you hate that something different five chapters in, set it aside with no shame. Books come to you at the right time, though, so don't be afraid to try something different again later down the road. Crack your spines and fold the edges of your pages if that's what's make to, what makes you happy. Write in the margins. Don't bring home books from used book sales just because they looked kind of interesting. You and I both know you don't have the space. Even though your to-be-read pile is mountains tall, go ahead and grab that book you've been eyeing for a while. If you're not going to read it again, donate it or sell it and buy more books. Don't load the back of your pickup truck to the brim with books, then take them to your friend's house even though they told you they want them because a few years down the line they'll be wondering where the hell all those books came from and what to do with them. Go read or watch TV. It's all st storytelling. I recommend Deadwood or Take Shelter. Basically, my philosophy is that if it has Tim Timothy Elephant or Michael Shannon in it, you're guaranteed a good, handsome time. I stumbled a little bit while I was reading that. Again, I was up before eight, and that is early for me, and I haven't drank any coffee yet. So, but I, I just kind of wanted to read that because it really encompasses a lot of my feelings about reading, and honestly book shaming is shaming anyone for something that they love books movies tv music anything that someone loves is just mean okay and it takes no energy it takes nothing from you to just be kind and just because someone else is enjoys something that you don't like that doesn't make you the superior person. And if you shame them for it, it just makes you an asshole. Okay? So be nice, guys. It's all it takes. And I just, I don't understand how, I, this is just probably my biggest pet peeve because I've had my fair bit of book shaming and 
music shaming just happened this last week to me and I'm just you know it's on one hand it's not a big deal but on the other hand you need to consider the fact that it could ruin a person's entire day especially a person that tends to take everything personally and is too concerned with what other people think it can really just knock them down and why would you want to do that to someone I don't understand I don't understand it guys I don't but I mentioned Harry Styles in this uh, in this writing, and I love that man with my whole heart. I say often that he's a little serotonin machine, and his music and his persona and everything about him makes me feel better about life. And his uh, kind of, I guess you could kind of maybe call it his tagline, or really just the philosophy that he puts forth towards everything is just treat people with kindness and it's such an easy thing to do treat people with kindness that's all you need to do and i think that's all i have to say today i'm gonna go drink some coffee i am going to read this christina lauren book that i found from that was actually available to borrow from the library, which is really rare because I usually have to place holds on them. And then I'll probably finish The Shining and my quarry has assured me that the Doctor Sleep book is a reward for getting through The Shining, so I will do that one as well. And I'm gonna go see the Doctor Sleep movie this weekend because again, I view movies based on books and books as two separate things that are related but not the same. And I think a great example of this is Arrival. So the novel Arrival, which I've heard that if you read the whole series, it's really great, but I didn't like the first book enough to continue reading the whole series. And so the book Arrival is, I mean, it was fine, it was okay, but I just, I'm, I'm extremely drawn to books that are heavily based on characters. I love character studies and I, if you make me fall in love with a character, your book can even be kind of meh, but I will still like it. And the first Arrival just didn't do that for me, but the movie Arrival, no, I'm saying Arrival, it's Annihilation. I see. I, <laughs> again, I haven't had coffee. <laughs> Arrival with Amy Adams happens to be probably my favorite movie. It makes me cry every time. So I just automatically, my brain replaced it because I guess I need to go watch it again. Okay. Rewind. Annihilation. Okay. Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer was an okay book. And, but when we went to see Annihilation, the movie upon first viewing, Corey and I were both like, what did we just watch? But upon rewatching it again later, I was like, oh my God, this movie is incredible. It's beautiful. And I think that it's one of those movies that you can take whatever you need from it, right? It doesn't have to mean the same thing to everyone. And so the movie had, upon a second and third viewing, had a really big effect on me, whereas the book was just something I trudged through because it was really short. So again, but it was a completely different story. It just happened to have some things in common with it. So again, books based on movies and books can be two things that are just related to each other. 
but they can be completely different. And I think it's just wonderful because instead of getting one story, we're getting two versions of a similar story. And what more could we ask for? So I'm going to go see Dr. Sleep this weekend because it won't bother me that I haven't read the book first. And sometimes it's more fun even to read, to watch the movie and then read the book second. That's how I did Sharp Objects was I watched the HBO series, which a theme is popping up here in this episode with me mentioning Amy Adams. I would die for her. Not really. But you know, when people are like, oh my God, I would die for them. I say that about Amy Adams all the time because I adore her. And Sharp Objects, the show on HBO, is just one of the most incredible things I've ever watched. And then I read the book afterwards, and now it's one of my favorite books. And with that one, I think it was more fun to watch the adaptation first and then read the book because the book gave me more insight. So sometimes it's more fun to do it that way. So that's how I'm going to do Dr. Sleep. And I'm done rambling now in saying the wrong books and stumbling over my words and I'm feeling much better today and I hope that this weather isn't getting you down my sweet precious friend Effie is amazing and she does tarot readings and um, you should follow her on Instagram it's wool and tea tarot and at least I think that's her Instagram handle I'm going to look it up really quickly while I um while I'm talking to you, but she does tarot readings and she is so in touch with, um, you know, basically everything. Like she's the person that I'm, I think she's just so in tune with feelings and it's, I love her. And, um, I posted some videos on it to my Instagram stories uh, the night before last night and was just talking about how, you know, I have been feeling down and it feels like nothing's really been making it better or helping. And Effie told me it's Scorpio season and I guess Scorpio season can be difficult for a lot of us. So we just got to push through guys. We got to get through it after a couple weeks. Um, you know, things will become more Christmassy. I want to try and put out my Christmas tree soon. That always makes things feel better. It's, it's only going to go uphill from here. Um, Effie's Instagram is just wool and tea. Wool is in the wool you get from sheeps and tea. She also has a Patreon that I just subscribed to and is wonderful because she does a card of the day. So she will do a one card tarot reading every day and post it there. And I can't even tell you how many times something that she's posted has been completely relevant to my day. So that's it for today. It's cold and rainy here. I'm going to snuggle up under a blanket now that I've done enough housework for the moment. And I'm going to drink some coffee and read my book. And I hope that you guys have a great rest of the week and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.